This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, welcome to another edition of That Mill Podcast. This episode is slightly different. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, you will obviously see that the person sitting next to me isn't Omar or any of the other regular guys. It is... Um, the world-famous Kieran Maguire from The Price of Football. It's that time of year again, slightly delayed this year. Um, we are into the new year rather than December, but still, we are doing um, the Millwall accounts. So, first of all, welcome, Kieran. Hope you're well. Yeah, yeah. Alice lost at the weekend. Brighton won. Yeah, it's a good weekend. That's 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 how football works, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. The only downside for us is that Charlton seem to be doing fairly well in the um in the two Bob Cup with a yeah. trip to Man sorry, right? but sorry hopefully that. they get hopefully they get stuffed. So uh, <laughs> uh by by you know a cricket score that would make us uh, uh really happy, but hey ho. Um we're waiting to see on there. So obviously um it's that time of the year, Millwall is coming. Firstly, before we go into the numbers um, which you do with us every year. I think it's our third or fourth year now we're doing this. Um, is this the last accounts we're going to get from them now that they've come out of being a, a PLC or will we get a sort of numbers but not necessarily as open as they are right now? No, I, I think you'll get exactly the same numbers but you won't get them as quick. Um, right. If you're a PLC, you've got to have them out within six months of your financial year end. And if you're a private company, which we all now are, it will be it'll be nine months. So we're probably going to be having this conversation at the start of April rather than December, January, unless we can uh, say to the club, "Come on, you, you you've got the numbers. Why can't we have them?" Yeah, yeah. Well, we we'll have to keep on there, and fingers crossed, we we go from there. So, um, over the year, then, Kieran, where where are what are the numbers? And and I've read some bits and pieces of them, and and it looks as if it's better. Um, than what it was last year, but nowhere near what it is back to pre-COVID um, numbers. Yeah, it's it, it's as good as can be realistically expected. Um, Millwall's revenue is as high as it's been. I mean, it's it's marginally higher than we were in 2019, um, and that's on the back of crowds returning. 
Um, that's on the back of the, the TV deals are, are a wee bit better than they than they used to be, um, and the commercial deals are a wee bit better as well. So uh, it, it's it's a lot better than twenty one, which was uh, was a lockdown year, which was always going to be bad. Um, the costs have gone up as well as more money coming in. So uh, the costs haven't gone up quite as fast. So so overall uh, losses losses are down. Uh, yeah, the, the club. But club is is being subsidised, like all the clubs in the championship, and, it, and it's it's then it then comes down to you know, how much is is John Bellson able and willing to to fund the club on a year by year basis. And it, reading between the lines, it looks as if he says, "Yeah, I'll I'll put in ten million a year yeah. um, to try to make the club more competitive." But even with that, uh, you know, Mill, Millwall's Millwall's wage bill is is the sixteenth highest in the championship, but you've got you've got clubs with parachute payments. You've got some pretty sizable clubs with owners who are, you know, Bristol City, for example. Their their owner is willing to put twenty million a year, um, which which makes it you know more challenging for for Millwall. Um, so, so I think you've got you've got to read the numbers in in that environment. Uh, yeah, this season things seem to be going pretty well on the pitch, uh, and, and they're probably, you know, in my view, Millwall as a business, even though it's losing money, even though you're paying 120 pounds in wages for every hundred pounds that comes through the door, by championship standards, Millwall's a well-run business, and that is a is a very worrying number, isn't it? Really, when you when you put it into realistic terms, and I mean. The the way I would look at it, or the way I would um, look at it, is is that if you can understand why clubs like the tourist element of fans coming to their ground, because in theory they're going to spend a lot more money than the likes of me or you going to our clubs week in week out, where. We might we might buy a cup of coffee or a pint of lager, but realistically, we know that most of it's nap piss and the food's terrible, and you might not get served within the time scale that you want to get served. But to someone who's never been there before, it adds to the environment. Go in the club shop, spend a couple of hundred quid on some kit, go into the you know, buy some food in there, buy this, that, and the other, and and I suppose that's why not just with Millwall, but as a whole, that's why the football tourism market is is very high. I mean, I saw an article the other week about it where, you know, you're talking one and a half billion pound a year, and that's not including what it offers to the outside businesses outside of football. Yeah, and you know, if you take your season ticket, and we all, okay, we we have a result about season ticket prices, but if if you if you take your season ticket and you divide that by twenty three games, and you compare that to how much a match day ticket is. We are. It works out as, as you know, a half decent price. But you're absolutely right that the the football tourist comes in. They they get there early. I mean, I've got I I teach. I've got five Japanese students, so I got them tickets to see uh, Brighton play Arsenal uh, last week, uh, New Year's Eve, and they all arrived two hours beforehand. Every one of them went into the club shop. They all came out full of with bags full of. Uh, you know, Brighton shirts because we got a Japanese player, and that's the reason why I wanted to see him. And, and they spent an absolute fortune, and they were paying, I think it was you know, 45, 50 quid for a, for a ticket, and I'm paying 
think it works out about 27. Um, so it, it's trying to attract those people. It's a getting them, and then once you have got them, it's, it's getting them to stay longer because every extra 10 or 15 minutes that you stay on the concourse is, is another potential pie or bind, or you might go and buy a program or you might be attracted. And, and I think clubs are coming round to that way of thinking, which is sort of... It, it, it's it's the American showbiz element of sport, and I, and I think you know, people of my generation, we you know, we're we're a little bit suspicious of it, but you know, we we can grizzle about it as much as we want. It, the world is changing with it's regards the, to things like that. It's the CRM of of retail, really, isn't it? It's where you put a value or you put a spend per head value on every customer, rather than um, what we sort of used to and what we expect is that we are football fans. We, we class ourselves as football fans, not as customers. But I think slowly but surely over the years, that has has turned um, um, and potentially, you know, that is probably here to stay. But going back onto the wages, um, you said obviously we're the 16th highest in the league on wages spent. Is that pure and simply just so that Millwall can potentially get the better player or is that just... Because we've done some good business um, with add-ons and, you know, with the Man City guys who went um, potentially where you got a good uh, kick on from the two youngsters who got sold there. But I mean, is 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 that just really where we need to be to attract the sort of talent what you need to be able to attract? Yeah. yeah first of all, you've got to be... If you're, if you're trying to attract a decent manager to a club... The first thing that the manager is to say is, "What's what's what's my wage budget?" Because you know the, the average life of a manager in the championship is ten months. They know it could easily if, if they if they mess up, it could be the last job. So it, it, there's there's this constant sort of tension between the boardroom, and it's not a nasty tension. You know, it, it's it, what's happens in business. Um, that uh, in, in terms of wages, the manager will always be knocking on the door. You know, I, I'd really like to be able to sign this player. Look where we are, it's January. You know, one more signing can make a difference. And the board then have to go to the club owner and say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's your money at the end of the day. Uh, this is what we think. So <clears throat> I think it's it's a competitive wage budget. It's it, it's not it's not blowing anybody out of the water. If you... If you take a look, yeah, it, it probably works out. There's more, I reckon they're paying probably in the region of 10 to 11 grand per week, which, you know, for you or me, you'd be absolutely, yeah, we'd, we'd be grinning from ear to ear. I, I, I don't know your personal circumstances, but. Uh, oh, yeah, 11 grand a week. I'll be over the moon, mate. Trust me. To... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the average in the championships about 14 to 15. So. Is it? Because that's interesting you say that, because I've done a. Um, I'd done a, a, a football agent um, webinar the other day, just having a look at, you know, talking about football agents and what you need to do to get into it and all that. And they said on there that the average championship player's wages, what they work off on a, on a percentage of commission, is £29,000 now. No, no way. No, it's, uh, that Which I found be- quite... I, fa- I found that quite... You know, sort of very, very high thinking, you know, especially when they only marked the average for um, Premiership was um, 60,000 and for League One was 5,000. And I thought the jump between League One and the Prem was very high. And then I didn't think that the, the jump 
the jump between both were very good either. Yeah. Is that noise your end or mine? That, that, that's my fridge. Sorry about that. Okay. That is fine. It just, I just literally at the time, I plugged my phone in and that noise come on and I'm thinking, oh my God, is that mine? <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think I think those figures that they're quoting are ludicrous. You, you might have some of the players who have come down from the Premier League who are on 29. Yeah. Uh, because normally if you get relegated, you'll you most players have uh, relegation clauses, but uh, it depends which age you'll be speaking to. But I, I'm, I, I don't think it's any. It, it, the numbers simply wouldn't work out if, if you multiplied you know, a 25 man squad by 29 grand a week, 52 weeks of the year, and then you, you got your national insurance, you got your pension contributions, and you got all of your office stuff. Even even with the high wages that are being paid, I think if, if you get promoted, by the time you factor in the bonuses. I suspect Leeds weren't far away from it when they went up. But Brentford went up on a lot less. Brighton went up on a few grand less than that as well. Yeah, I thought it was very high, to be fair. I didn't, I, you know, it sort of made you wonder with um, where I think Millwall's probably averages, you know, 10, 11, 12 maybe, and then extras. Because a lot of clubs just pay all on player appearances and stuff like that, don't they? Your 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 initial wages aren't necessarily massively high. It's all tied up in a bonus and and win bonus and everything else really around it, which I suppose is a way to get around it for tax purposes and everything else. Yeah, it it, it is it, it's an incentivized pay structure. Um and it'll be there'll be bonuses for avoiding relocation because the difference between the T V money in the championship and the T V money in League One is around about six, seven million quid. So, you know, it's in the interests of the club to, to avoid relegation. First of all, you get you get more away fans turning up in the championship. Secondly, this you're more likely to appear on telly. And thirdly, you know, a couple of decent loan signings, somebody comes through the academy, one of your players is obviously in the form of his life and you're in the playoffs. Which we 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 come to those in a in a player bits in a bit, but the TV revenue, I saw, has gone up as well this year. Yes, and, and the the reason for that is that you get two, effectively two payments. You get one from the uh, Premier League, and, and that's based on the, the Premier League's overall TV deals. So if, if the Premier League sign a new TV, TV deal in America, that actually benefits Millwall because you get things called solidarity payments, and those are paid out as a percentage of the overall money in the Premier League. So the Premier League's TV money went up last year um, because the, uh, in 2021, they had to pay rebates to the TV companies. They didn't pay those rebates in 21, 22. And that meant there was more money for everybody. The The EFL's TV deal is, I think it's ring-fence until 2024, that, that's only, I say only, but it's, it's 119 million pounds a year split between 72 clubs. If you if you get yeah. promoted, which they're looking to give to the Premiership, aren't they, to negotiate going forward, possibly? Yeah, yeah. There's an awful lot of politics, um, and every everybody's looking after number one. And I, I, you know, we we will look after number one. I don't have a huge issue with that. It's just at the yeah the likes of. Liverpool, United, Spurs, and so on, they they don't care about the rest of football full stop. And 
we we know that those clubs get more attention. They get. I don't have an issue with them earning more money. It's just a case of how much more money, and and they want it all. They 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 want to have a bigger cake, and they want to have a bigger slice of the bigger cake. Um, and and that's 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 not good for football because you know you've seen Millwall within the top division, and and it's great when those clubs come to town, but you want to see a competitive match. You, you don't want you know there's there's countries in Europe where it is thoroughly boring watching football because you know the result before the match kicks off. And I'm not saying I'm not talking about Greece where you place a bet on the result of the match before it kicks off and things like that. Yeah, no, I no, I understand you. You know, you're talking some of the big clubs compared to you know, it'll be like Real Madrid playing uh, Millwall. You sort of know what's going to happen before, or Barcelona or PSG. You sort of would know the results before they actually happen. But I don't know. It, it, you know, unfortunately, I think it's. Um, I think really, I think the formula they're all going to be going with at some point in the near future is that all clubs are going to have their own TV channel. And then I think there there's probably going to be a premiership channel what ties into all those individual channels and probably a championship channel what ties in with all the individual fan channels. Because um, I follow, obviously, wasn't working and most clubs have got out of that. And I just think that's... It's more... Pro- I think what the problem is, it's not necessarily about more profitability. It's about being in control of your own data. Mm-hmm. And all those people signing up to... I follow or 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 unlike um, the other streaming companies and all that, YouTube, etc. They don't actually own that data. Is in they won't see your 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 you know your um, email address or what your age is. What you know all of that that data, which let's be honest, nowadays is highly valuable to organisations, um, and they don't see that, do they? That's that's why I think they'll have their own TV companies and all that because data is very expensive for then going on on a shrinking market. Yeah, yeah, you're entirely right. I mean, what what's that? They, they they've got the data. The clubs like Manchester United and Liverpool, you, you now have to go and pay seventy pounds, I think, at Liverpool for, to be a member, and that allows you to apply for tickets twice a year, and then you've got to pay your ticket prices on top. But you've got your membership card, you've got your app. And, and they're harvesting as much information as they can. And, and everybody else is doing it. I'm not, I'm not saying football clubs are the big bad wolf. But it, if if we end up where Manchester United and Liverpool and Chelsea and Spurs and so on, they're selling their own TV rights, football's dead. Because the gap, the gap between, you know, we saw Brentford beat Liverpool 3-1 you know, last week. And, and there's still that element of uncertainty and jeopardy in the Premier League. If that gap of three hundred million quid becomes six or seven hundred quid, then then they can afford to have you know twelve players who aren't getting regular games who are still better than Brentford's first eleven, and it makes it really challenging to to have what I think is the best thing about English football is, is that there's still that degree of uncertainty. The the FA Cup. Yeah, last weekend with you know, Wednesday beating Newcastle with the Richie Club on the planet, you had Stevenage going to Villa. It, it you know, it, it 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 does keep that element of romance that we all have. It keeps it going, and and I, I was absolutely delighted for those clubs. I don't support them, but I think it's just good for football. But that that those chances, you know, the chances of another another Leicester City 
have gone completely because the first thing with the big six clubs was that they tied up, they they changed the rules for uh, distributing money. That's what the Premier League's trying to do to the Championship. It's trying to keep the Championship in its in its box, which isn't good, of course, for clubs like Millwall. Um, yeah. And it, and it makes it very difficult. But if, if you have to sell your own TV rights, you've got to ask who are you selling them to? Because, you know, the hard, hardcore fan base turn up to the matches anyway. So, yeah, you pay for a, an, an away t- yeah, a, a streaming away ticket. You might get a few people doing that. But it's, it's it, for, for a club with a local fan base, you know, and I'm talking Millwall, Brighton, Cheltenham and so on, you know, we're, we're, we're ultimately... Yeah, we might not like all those clubs, but we've got more in common with them than we have with the with the you know the, the Super League clubs who are trying to steal the game from their own rights. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, I mean, realistically, how um, how are Millwall doing with their losses um, this year compared to last? The losses are down by about a million. Um, so, for example, it's hit from thirteen to twelve. So. That's that's effectively what John Berylson has said to the board. You know, I'm willing to incur this level of loss. I think the one area for me where Millwall um, needs to address is is player sales. And um, you had George, was it sales his name? George Savile. You know, he was he's been the only sort of big sale that the club have made as far as the accounts are concerned over the course of the last decade. Now, you know, it could be that you're losing decent academy players and you're not getting any money for them. You know, you, you're, you're much, you've got boots on the ground a lot closer to me than that. And, and we know some of the bigger clubs just, just come round and just vacuum up all the decent talents. Um, but it, yeah, it's, they just snap them up early, didn't they? That's the problem yeah. they've got. And if they get them young enough, then you make no money apart from you know, potentially the compensation payments, um, which are very, very low and and not really not really worthwhile to be fair. Yeah. Um but it is what it is. But I mean that that's probably changed to a degree where we are at the moment where we've we've got a player like Fleming who we brought for one point seven and there is realistic chance going forward that he could demand twenty, twenty five million you know, if he still carries on the way he's going now, then potentially that will go. All depends, obviously, if there's a, a sell-on fee and and everything else included in that. Um, which you know, we were talking about this on the pod the other night that not so much on the UK clubs, but a lot of the European clubs put sell-on fees on, don't they? I think I think most English clubs now try to arrange that, and it's sort of accepted as standard practice. So if if you sell in for twenty million and you say well we want ten or fifteen percent of of the profits then, then the chances are you'll get it because the the buying club will say well you know, if 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 he's that good he'll probably stay with us anyway until the end of his contract and uh, or, or if not if if we, if we do sell him on we'll make we're still making eighty eighty five ninety percent of the profits so um, we are seeing that more frequently than before especially if the players in demand. Um, and if if he's got more than twelve months on the contract, I mean, and that's the most important thing, yeah, how long is the is the player tied to the club for? Because once you get into that yeah, that last eighteen months, that last twelve months, you, you start to see the value fall, and your position to negotiate uh, subsequent sell-ons starts to evaporate. Does that, is that why a lot of clubs now hide 
what the contract limits are with with players, so that it's not necessarily public. So it sort of keeps it more of a guessing game. I mean, I suppose. Then again, I suppose realistically, if you're in that game, you'll probably know when player contracts end. Because, for instance, at the moment, there's a lot of speculation around Cooper. Um, you know, potentially might go to Rangers, etc., etc. But all these people who are questioning it are saying that his contract's out this year in 2023. But according to the club, he's got 18 months left on the contracts. So, you know, or or not, the club hasn't come out and confirmed it, but you sort of, you sort of wonder where where is the right connection? Because if it is this year, then again, we've got another good player who's potentially coming to the end of his contract and it's being run down. Um, and, it, and it could obviously be turned. But if it is 18 months, then most of it. But I just... I'm sort of on those lines of if it's one person saying it, then, you know, they could have information wrong. But when there's three or four different outlets all coming along the same line, you think that there's possibly smoke with, you know, there's no smoke without fire to a degree. I I think most clubs are fairly open about contract length because when the player signs, that normally says, yeah, he signed in a two-year or three-year or four-year. No, we don't. We always say, we normally say long-term, which... He's, he's normally 24 months. Long-term to Millwall is 24 months. Um, and then there's normally a year extension. But yeah, Millwall is, as I said, you know, they're very secretive. It is a, you know, congratulations to ABC. You signed a new long-term contract. Got no idea. To me and you, a long-term contract would be four or five years. But um, yeah, it, it, the, the, the world of football agents is a world of big gossip. Um, and I've been fortunate. Yeah, I've got to know a few agents, uh, and and you you get to see contracts, and you that that type of information tends to be out in the public, or certainly in the in, in the club's domain, uh, even if it's not going out to the the traditional media. So I don't think it. I think it would be very difficult because the first thing that that happens is if there is an interested club, they get in contact with Millwall. And they say we're interested in player X. Um, we're interested in making a bid, but they haven't done their homework. Yeah, they, they because the, the, I would say the player's been tapped up. The agent will have been spoken to yeah. in nearly all deals before the club's spoken to, because it's pointless going to the club with a bid of two million if the agent says, "Well, actually, the player's really happy here. He's you know he, he's settled. He's got family here. He's from the local area." You know, um, um, unless you're going to triple his wages, frankly, he's 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 not interested in moving. Because yeah, like, under those circumstances, why put in a bid? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's normally work done before a formal process takes place. So so profit sale, pro- player sales were technically up, but they weren't. They were only really up from probably Savills doing not not any anything other matter. Well, potentially from the two lads what went to from what went from Man City as well. Um, I think that that brought us in some revenue, but I don't know if that would be on these numbers or if they're. I don't think I don't think they're all these because I'm looking at these numbers. I think it's only about seven hundred grand of profit. Yeah, because when yeah. these were these would have been up to when April or August. This is uh, I think it's thirtieth of June. Yeah, thirtieth of June, twenty-two. Yeah. So but if it was if they if they went in the summer, yeah, they'd have went in the summer. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um. So let's move on to the operating profit losses and, and general bits, obviously. Um, we'll come on 
about the it, about the retail side of it probably at the end of this and, and touch on a bit of there what's happened during um, this season and potentially why. But um, obviously, I suppose realistically, we just covered that. I suppose revenue was through players and and um, and the player sales there. Revenue, um, ticket sales, merchandising, food. Um, how are we looking on bums on seats? We haven't got an FA Cup run, so we're not going to get any major win from that this year, um, like it or not. So, yeah, I mean, I prefer it. Hopefully we'll stay more in the league this year than, than concentrate on the FA Cup, but hey-ho. Um, what, what's happened is that you know, 2021 was a strange year because it was behind closed doors. You were relying on iFollow and so on. And so, so that, that, had an, that was negative. Crowds have come back. Uh, I think the challenge for the club is that you've got, you've got your hardcore fan base who will renew the season tickets. But if we, if we get, you know, Millwall in the you know, half-decent position at present, if we get to picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. March and you've slipped to 13th or 14th and it's a Tuesday night game against yeah, Wigan. How, how many walk-ups you realistically you're going to get at, at the prices? So I, th- I think the club's in a, you know, the economy's, economy's a bit of a disaster. You know, nobody's got spare money. Everybody's thinking twice. Uh, you know, I, I go down to the local pub and yeah, I go for less time. I see fewer people there. Yeah, everybody's having to tighten the belt. And, and fo- football, as much as we love it, is it, it isn't it's very expensive now. It's it, it, it's yeah, and, and it's been expensive for some time. And, and whilst we've got you know a, a wee bit of spare money, then it tends to be first priority. But but now we're having to pay for everything else so much. Uh, you know, you, you, you've got you got to feed the kids. You you got to pay for the electricity and the gas. And if there's anything left over. So yeah, my season ticket will be the last thing I ever want to give up. Yep. And I'll, I'll do my best to do it. But but some people have to have to be, I'm, I'm not rich, I'm, I'm, I'm the teacher's salary. But yeah, it gives me just enough. But there's people now that are being tipped over that edge. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I mean, my question too is, because obviously last year through COVID, they obviously... Um, took people's season ticket money last year yeah. and then obviously had that money for last season and then obviously this season all the people what had paid for last season basically got it transferred over to this season um, did that make an impact to them because obviously it was money used or was that money just you know invested and probably not really 
not really a massive loss as such because I can't see the numbers being massive. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's not made a lot of difference either way. Um, it, it, it helped in terms of cash flow when yeah. when people paid for their season tickets and then they rolled it over. So it was, it was good for cash flow in 21 when the club really needed it during COVID. Um, and now it's the downside is you've got less cash coming in in, in the following season. Uh, so it's, it's 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 far from perfect, but the club is, I mean, yeah. In my view, is is doing as as well as it could do. Yeah, you know, what 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 possibly could the club do to generate more money? Well, I say, I mean, you know, the club are doing more. I mean, they they're they're utilising the bars outside more, which obviously brings in revenue. Because ideally, what you want is fans within the complex either outside, inside, earlier to be able to spend more money buying the beer there rather than actually using the pubs locally. You, you, that's ideally what the club want, then they is the more people there buying beers, then obviously the profit goes up for them um, through revenue share or whatever it is with, um, you know, the German sausage company, et cetera, et cetera, what's in our, um, our units now. But I mean, you know, we went back to it and said, you know, it's being run well, which I think it is. I think we're lucky to have John um, because I think I saw somewhere before that, you know, since he's been in charge, I think he's put in best part of about 120 odd million pound. Um, and when you look at it, what's he actually going to get back? Well, he doesn't own the stadium. He doesn't own the training ground currently. Um, the players are probably his biggest asset. So he's not really going to get bundles back for it if he sold it unless someone wanted to, you know, give him a chunk of money for it. So realistically, the only options he's got is try to make a break into the premiership without breaking the bank to get there. And then obviously recoup a lot of his money through sponsorship, um, deals will come associated with the premiership. I mean, how much is the premiership worth now to a newly promoted Championship club. Well, no, you'll get in. You'll you'll get a hundred million TV money minimum as a rule. You then got to try to generate your front of shirt. But if you look at what's happened at Forest, Forest, Forest asked for ten million for front of shirt sponsorship, and, and now they've given it away. So they've given it away to a charity. Everybody turned around and says, oh, "We're not paying that." So, you know, when I know when Huddersfield and Brighton went up in 2017, 2018, I think they were on about one and a half million in the deals which which they had. Um, I think they they re- renegotiate. You, you should be getting a minimum of five or six million for, for your for your shirt deal. Then you've got your 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 and a sleeve deal, which for for a for a club of our size, you know, and, and you know, I yeah, I think Brighton, Millwall, those type of clubs, broad, broadly broadly similar in that they are local teams. You might be looking for half a million. You might get three quarters. We're not. We're not talking huge sums. Um, you'll be able to make more money from hospitality yeah. because you'll probably tee up your prices so that when you know, you know and Millwall got your, all those London matches coming up, yeah, you you'd have you know clearly Liverpool, two Manchester teams, Newcastle could be in that as well, where where you'd be able to start effectively charge premium prices. But if it if it's Leicester, if it's Bournemouth, you know, again, you, you know, people are going to say, "Well, I'm not, yeah, you know, I'm not that bothered." Um, 
so so you you still have to work really hard um you know looking looking at millwall's revenue you know from last season it it was 100 and, sorry it was it was 18.6 million your match day revenue might go from 6 to 8 that's a 25% increase with a 30% increase your, your broadcast income would go from 9 to minimum of 95 ideally if you stay up yeah, it will, it will go up and go up higher than that. Your commercial income will go from four, but it it might be going from four to to twelve. Yeah, it's not it's not huge difference in, in the wider scheme of things, and and then of course you you've got the costs of being in the Premier League. So it will cost you five million pounds as soon as you get promoted, because you've now got to go and up, upgrade your you've got to upgrade your floodlights so they're HDR compliant. You've got right to yeah. the size of, of your press box. So you know, I, I spoke to the people at Leeds, spoke to the people at Brentford, and so on. They kind of, yeah, we, we didn't didn't realise. And you go through the list of what you have to do as a newly promoted club, um, and they uh, it, it's, it's, it's that money. So you get that you get that cleft check from the Premier League in in June, and then five million of quid of that has to go very very quickly. Because what people don't realise is that when you're in the Prem, that the print media will, uh, and and then the news media, but whoever pays the highest pound note as such, they get first refusal on all the players. And it is literally the players walk down um, a tunnel with people grabbing them and going, well, I'll have you, I'll have you. And, and so that they can get the exclusives and interviews straight away and put on their pages. So that might be the Sun, the Guardian, whatever it is. But it's you, and at the moment with Millwall, our press office or our press facility is upstairs. When that's probably going to need to be put downstairs, and have you know, probably on a match day, you're probably going to need to have what thirty, forty booths. And I say this only because I went to Arsenal the other day this week with um with my work and. There were, you know, you look in their stadium, I got taken all behind the scenes, and, and they've got 30, 40 plus moves with, you know, fast broadband, fast internet, everything else ready for them all there. At the moment, we don't necessarily have all of that ready to go. So, again, that's probably, you know, 100, 200 grand to make that work in a short period of time. Yes, you can get away with a smaller stadium. You know, you don't necessarily have that because look at Bournemouth, they're, mm. you know, they have a fairly small stadium, but it's all the other side of it, which I think they've, they've been viewing and doing like putting in TV lines so that they're more easy to put in rather than having to, you know, rip up more boxes so that people can just plug and play. But I remember when I was fan on the board at the club and we were looking when we sort of edged towards it before, that even something as stupid as, and, and I'm going to use rough figures here because I can't remember the exact, but even so as in, you have to provide in the championship 150 square meters of truck space to the championship um, delivering broadcast. But then all of a sudden, when you go into the into the Premier League and the international rights, all of a sudden that's 600 square foot of, of access. Where you know you're suddenly looking at it goes from two un, you know from two Arctic lorries to four Arctic lorries and a few other vans. When on clubs like Millwall, where the car parking space is very set out in a small arena, that suddenly could be a third of your car park gone 
for your own paying customers. And then I suppose you've got to look at you don't outprice yourself to your current fan base. You know, if you brought a box now in a championship and maybe it cost you 10, 15 grand a year, you can't suddenly say, well, now we're in the Prem, that's gone up to 25 grand a year because the people who've been paying it for the last 20 years might not pay it anymore. And also they'll have long memories if you don't spend too too many years in the Premier League. Yeah. They say, well, yeah, we were with you the last time we were in the championship. And you've, you know, if, if you look at clubs, you know, Cardiff went up one season in the Premier League, came down. Hull have done the same. Uh, yeah, you, you've got to you got to treat people with respect, and there's no reason why the club won't do that. But it, it's not the. I think you're absolutely right. It's not the gravy train that everybody thinks it is. And yes, you've got a lot more money coming in from TV, but realistically, you need. You know, we 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 saw what happened when when Norwich went up. Was it three or four seasons ago? Spent three million pounds on players and, and were relegated effectively by November. Um, and no, nobody wants that. So it's going to cost you. You sign, yeah. You know, even if you're in that sort of that eight to ten million pound market, then you're going to get four or five players. There's forty million pounds, but if an eight million pound player in the Premier League is looking for forty grand a week, and they're looking for a three or four year deal, and they're not looking for an eighty percent pay cut if they get relegated. So yeah, they're, they're so. They don't want that. They don't want that clause to get out of it, do they? So yeah, I mean, broadcast revenue, I suppose, also is very heavily to get to get more, especially nowadays where Sky doesn't have as many Premiership games as they used to. They will look at Championship games, but I suppose you will look at you know, same as me and you. If we were the ones in charge of scheduling the Sky, you would look at the clubs potentially in that top fight mm. of teams you would probably want to put on because again. Sky's looking at advertising revenue and, and making sure they've got numbers um, and they're not necessarily going to want to put on two lower um, league teams or even a top and a lower because you know what the result's going to be. But we've been picked recently for three games. So those three games will, I think, is about 100 grand a game, isn't it? Thereabouts, if, if you're the one hosting in, about 50 grand if you're the one second. It, 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 depends, on, it depends upon the time of the kickoff. It can be as low as 10 grand. Right, okay. You know, which effectively just just covers the cost of you know the, the extra bits and pieces you have to put on. Uh, yeah, it varies between ten and a hundred grand uh, additional money. So it's 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 not lucrative. Whereas if you get to the Premier League and yeah, you know, let's say that we're of a decent season, you're effectively the, the first ten matches you give away, and everything over everything over ten ten matches you get an extra million. So. We know who's going to be watched. It's going to be Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea, the usual suspects and so on. Um, and they tend to get around about 28, 29 matches a season. So they're getting an extra £19 million just, just from rocking up. Um, and also in the Premier League, in the Championship where you are at present, it doesn't matter where you finish in the table, you get exactly the same amount of prize money. Whereas in the Premier League, it's £2.1 million per position. So you go into that final match. You could, you know, it could be a relegation match where you could finish between 18th and going down, and 15th and staying up. And you get, you win, you get to 15th. You've actually got an extra eight million on top of another year's worth of Premier League money. So it's, it is heavily incentivised. There, the money is scary, ludicrous. Yeah, it's scary. Isn't it? It's scary how much money's in there. And, and to be fair, 
you're starting to see a lot of the clubs will come down and then float in the championship or have the money that is starting to make the championship um, very expensive as well. Hence why probably Millwall's having to increase their wage budget. Um, and and I suppose that comes on to the next part of, um, of the figures to an agree would be the commercial revenue as in sponsorship because we're slightly up on that. But again, it's something what we spoke about previous on, on pods previous that I still honestly believe that we're probably a good five to ten years behind most other clubs on the commercial market because you've got some clubs what you know will sponsor out their fucking um, towel warmers, you know their 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 heaters in the bathroom, their toilet roll holders, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, is in we're definitely not that far forward yet, but I think we're getting there where we are compared to where we were. Yeah, you've got to have somebody willing to sponsor the club as well. Now, yeah, I'm I'm look, I'm from the Elephant and Castle originally, so my, I've got family that support Millwall all their lives, and Millwall. Let, let's be honest, Millwall is not an easy sell. For you know, it's, it's, it's a club. It's, it's a club with a reputation in terms of being working class area of, of London. We both know that, and trying to persuade people to you know, I think there are it, it is. I would say becoming more gentrified, but. It, it is it, it is always going to be a tough sell because the sponsors they they'd rather go to Chelsea and West Ham because it's 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 got the Premier League they know they're going to be getting the, the higher viewing figures and, and you know when we talk about sponsors you've got to ask what's in it for the sponsor because the sponsors are just trying to get their their name in 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 as many conversations and seen by as many eyeballs as possible and it's it, it's a challenge because. Uh, it's not, it's not a glamorous area of, of the city, is it? No, I, I mean, no, I, I agree with you, and also I think that's probably why um, a lot of clubs within our league probably um, get more um, fan-based sponsorship or fan companies. You know, fans with with companies sponsorship rather than you know loads of um, outside. Yeah, the main share sponsors normally buy a company, which not necessarily linked to you um but a back of shirt and shorts and you know sleeve sponsorships normally through um fans and and that so yeah um is there any standout bits on there what are you know fantastic for you or concerning to you because obviously I, I, i'm looking at, at at time scale and whatnot and obviously um i don't want to hold you up all night i just think it's 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 a solid set of numbers. There's nothing. I think the club punches above its weight, Amazing. in my view. And and whilst you're continuing to do that, there's always there's always a bit of hope because you know, it, you know we, we, I mentioned Bristol City earlier. We have Bristol's Bristol's a much yeah, it's it's a it's a big city. It's got two clubs. It's got well, I'm not being rude about Bristol Road. It's got one and a half clubs in terms of potential, and the Norwich is a it is an area where there's nothing else to do. Yeah, then that's not yeah. Apart from support Norwich, you're not going to be able to support. Yep, you have to grow up with a choice of four or five clubs to support if you want to go and watch your own team. Um, so I, I just think it's. It's it's run professionally. Um, if you compare it to clubs that have gambled, so you've got West Brom. If, if West Brom don't get promoted, 
this season. They're in absolute dog dirt uh, because they they just borrowed twenty million pounds. They've run out of parachute payments this season. They, they, okay, they're they a really good run at present, but the the owner doesn't appear to understand anything about football. Um, I do think you've got football people there. You, you've got an overseas owner. He says, "I'll give ten million pounds a year to put it in," and, and I think that, yeah, that that for me is the stand there because I think you were effectively saying earlier that John Berylson's paying. He's probably got the most extensive car park space in South East London. It's costing him ten million quid a year. Yeah, and he doesn't own anything. That's where, you know, coming on to obviously some of the reports over the weekend that John Barrelson wants to sell to come, you know, his tout and they're around or Americans are supposed to be interested. And some of the numbers being, you know, thrown out there, 80, 100, 120 million pound, you sort of look at it and you go, but what's that? Is that just, you know, paying John's debt? Because actually, we don't actually own anything, which, you know, sort of brings you back to, I just don't think John is looking to sell it. The, the regen, the fact that we're buying into this new training ground and everything else, to me, this is a a love project and a long-term investment for John. I don't yeah, see him I, as, I, he, as he wanted I, to sell, to think, be honest. I think you're absolutely right. You, you, you've got a long leasehold on the on the property. I'm pretty certain you don't own it. Um, it, is a, it, it, is a, it is a... It's a bit of a love affair, and that's why he's prepared to do what he is. Um in terms of, him, I don't think he's touting the club around. No. What we're finding is that there's lots of people who are approaching potential investors, saying, "Look, there's all these clubs in, there's all these clubs in the Championship. Millwall is in London, and yeah. Americans love London. So I think that. So so therefore, and they've got an American owner already. Why aren't you going to have a chat with it? And then it's it's more that. Um, That's what I think it is as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've sort of been involved very much on the outside of one or two football-style deals, and, and that's how it tends to be the case. And the vast majority of these people are just trying to get a, get a commission for themselves. That's it. A glorified tie pickers. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'd like I'd like an Arab um, royalty or, or someone along there, Qatar-based or Dubai-based. I'm not too fussed, but some of it to come in and. And just spend silly money on us, um, and take us, you know, take us up the up the league, and pretty much do what happened to Man City all those years ago. That would be fantastic for us. Um, just the last point before um, we we let you go. Um, obviously, over the last few months, Millwall was hit um, quite badly with the elite group um, collapsing. Um, and for those of you who don't know, the elite group um, were involved in a um, competitions um, court case where there was a, can I say speculate, there was a conviction, wasn't there? It was found to have price-fixed Rangers merchant, merchandise, allegedly, I'll put it down there just in case because there's an appeal going on, um, and they were fined heavily by the Competitions Commission uh, and and the court case of something in the region of about nine million pound, I think they were, weren't they? It was it was so oh, was that the totes? Yeah, I I, I, yeah. I think there were I think there've been three parties that have been yeah uh, that've been fighting. Um, I think together come to nine million. And I think allegedly they well they did fold, um, and they were the sole agent for Hummel. Hummel 
obviously sponsors Millwall or, or is Millwall's kit provider. And rather than Hummel doing a, a deal direct with us, um, they pretty much done a deal with um, a high number of clubs across the country, including Millwall, including some um, other championship clubs, as well as a lot of grassroots clubs. And they folded in in a very short amount of time from being okay to suddenly not answering people's emails and then suddenly folding. That then gave Millwall quite a sticky headache because where they'd done a deal with putting the retail unit out to a third party, that basically meant that all the stock, if I'm right here, all the stock within that shop was no longer Millwall's. So when this club went bust, they were in the hands of a um, an admin or an administrator who pretty much wants whatever they can get for the company and will charge premium potentially when the deal what you originally done for that stock ain't there no more. Yep, um, and that's affected uh, Southampton, it's affected Coventry, it's affected Millwall. Um, and if you, if you talk to... <clears throat> You talk to executives at a club, they say we we, we sell kit at two points in time. A when it's launched and B the month yep. before Christmas. And it, and it yep. and it hit Millwall badly because it, it doesn't own the merchandise. It's it's on commission. Um and it, it it's just messy. We're not talking huge, huge numbers, but no. It's you know, it it's tens, perhaps a hundred thousands. But, um, and it's it's not good news. You're also talking, because of the deal, what I think was done is that the tills are Millwalls. The CRM system used in the retail shop isn't Millwalls. You know, everything around it wasn't Millwall. So, you know, they were up. But you have to take your hat off to Millwall. They seem to have turned this around very quickly to be able to get back on track incredibly fast. Because... Um, You've worked within administration. You you know bits and pieces of administration. That can take months and months to drag out. It, it can. It, it's never in the administrator's interests to have inventory, which you can't sell. Because, you know, we both know that this year's kit, by the, t- by the time you get to February, nobody's buying it because it was that. Yeah. It's already about our juice now. Yeah. It's already gone down half price now, so yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I, I, I do think the club is quite professional, and, you know, and let, let's be transparent. I, I do know Steve Kavanagh. Yep. You know, I, I've had conversations with him. I've had him on on uh, our podcast. Um, you know, his his backgrounds in accounting. He's, in my view, he's certainly one of the better chief executives in that division because a he understands football and b he understands finance, and sometimes people understand one of those, but not that often they they. They do too. So I think I think yeah, I mean, they, they, they must think quite canny in what they've done. Yeah, I think it's our fans love him or hate him. Um, but yeah, we've you know him what he does and with what JB does, um, it works. Um, and you know it is what it is. But Millwall is very fickle. So overall, as long as John stays and he keeps investing ten odd million a year, eight to ten million pound a year. Uh, the way it's being run internally, we are good as gold to carry on punching well above our weight um, and going forward. And if we get to the Premiership, then potentially it would be even even better for us. 
yeah, yeah. I, I think the that the John Barrelson investments is critical, um, and it it gives the club a a a standing point. It gives it a foundation from which it can then it can it can then be competitive. It 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 will never be. You can't buy your way with that amount of money, but but without it, you're looking at League One. You know, because then you become Rotherham, and Eddie, and you become that Yo-Yo Club. Yeah, so you know, realistically, put that into numbers, John's probably putting in about a million pound a month for him, mm. thereabouts. So um, yeah, carry on, John. Thanks very much. Um, any final words from you before we go? Obviously, if we do come to the Prem, then hopefully it'll be six points a season from you boys. But you know, well, I'd be absolutely made up. You know, I'm myself, I'm the boy myself, so I'd be made up if we all get up. So uh, great, ca- ca- carry on the progress you're making. I think the FA wouldn't like it, to be fair. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're panic. Um, so, yeah, well, thank you very much, Kieran. It's a pleasure, as always. Hopefully, we won't have to wait a whole year um, to get you in. There are a, a couple of bits, I think, coming forward later on this year um, with an idea I've got going. But I'd like you on that as an expert on, on a few bits. Um, but, no, thank you very much for running through. Again, um, if you want to know any more bits and pieces of this, obviously, Kieran Price of Football, um, and also when this comes out, there, there'll be some more detailed breakdown on our website. So that's it from us. That's that Mill podcast for another episode. Again, uh, to make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow, and also while you're at it, give Kieran a subscribe on his channel. If you have been living in a box for the last so many years, check out his podcast um, too. Unfortunately, it is a Crystal Palace fan and a Brighton fan, but run it. But it's interesting listening and uh, and does make you shout out the radio. So uh, get on there. Anyway, thanks very much, and I'll speak to you later on. Cheers. Cheers. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.